Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is taken from a series of books written under the banner of In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 114, The Sabbath Day, Part 1, is entitled The Law of the Sabbath. It is very possible that the least regarded and least understood law is the law of the Sabbath. Today we see an alarming rise in atheism, a decline in church attendance, and an increase in disregard for the Sabbath day even among professed Christians. The term bellwether originated from a sheep, weather, W-E-T-H-E-R, that led the flock by having a bell around its neck. Many of our words have an analogical or metaphorical background. Today we use bellwether to refer to an indicator or predictor of a trend. The decline of the Sabbath day observance is the best bellwether of the increase or decrease of our commitment to Christ. To use a term from Mill's method, it is in concomitant variation. As Sabbath day observance increases, dedication to Christ increases. As Sabbath day observance decreases, dedication to Christ decreases. Claiming to be a Christian is perhaps one of the weakest bellwethers of our commitment to Christ. Sabbath day observance, one of the strongest. To understand the law of the Sabbath, we must go back to the creation story, for that is where it originates. Here, we shall review the creation story, but first, let me refer you to Season 4, Podcasts 105, 108, and 111, in which I analyze Genesis chapters 1 through 3. Here, I should like to make a small correction, as well as add an addendum. In the podcast referred to, I said that chapter 1 ended with verse 1 of chapter 2 as indicated by the parallelism. Upon closer analysis, however, I see I was mistaken. Chapter 1 ends with verse 3 of chapter 2. Let me explain why, for it relates to the law of the Sabbath. As explained in the podcast on creation, though there are seven days of creation, there are two distinct periods of creation run in parallel. One is spiritual, the other is temporal. Here I want to show the unique qualities of each period of creation and how they relate to the Sabbath day. Chapter 1 of Genesis and chapter 2 of Genesis, verses 1 through 3, refer to Elohim, or God the Father. Chapter 2, verses 4 through 25, refer to Jehovah, the Son of God, who is the God of the Old Testament and of course the New Testament, and creator of the world and all things in it, including man. Let me illustrate. Chapter 1 and the first three verses of chapter 3 use the following clauses. I have listed both the clause and the number of times it appears. For example, chapter 1 uses the term God, which refers to Elohim. God blessed two times. God called three times. God created once. God divided once. God made three times. God said ten times. God saw six times. God set one time. God ended one time. God blessed 
one time. God created one time. Chapter 2, verses 4 through 25, uses the term the Lord God, which refers to Jehovah. 1. The Lord God made the earth and the heavens. 2. The Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. 3. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. 4. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. 5. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight. 6. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. 7. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. 8. The Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. 9. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. 10. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. 11. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. The explanation is very simple. There are two distinct creative stages, each with distinct periods of time called days, and we can assume that both follow the same pattern. The first is a spiritual creation. It is the father giving instructions to his son. Notice the clause, and God said, is used ten times in the first creation. Everything Christ does, he does under the direction of the Father. However, in chapter 2, we learn there is no rain. Without rain, nothing could grow. In chapter 1 of Genesis, we read that on the sixth day of creation, the following occurred. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. Let me point out the phrase, living creature. Life is not in the physical body. Life exists only in the spirit. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Man did not become a living soul until the spirit, referred to as the breath of life, was placed in the physical body. The living creatures were created by God the Father in Genesis 1. Remember I said that Genesis 2 verses 1 through 3 are an extension of Genesis 1, and structurally, it is there where Genesis 1 should end. Genesis 1 describes the creation of the spiritual bodies of man. Examine the images. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, 
and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God our Father created us in his own image. In other words, we are his children. Now notice Genesis 2 verse 1, which is really part of chapter 1. Chapter 2 should not begin until verse 4. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. All the host of them refers to all the spirit children of our Father in heaven. We are literally the children of our Father in heaven. We have a divine birthright. In the words of the Apostle Peter, we have a divine nature. Second Peter 1, 3-4 According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. As pointed out in the earlier podcast on creation, Job understood that. Job 38, 4-7 Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measure thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. It was during this period that Lucifer, the shining one, a spirit of high rank, rebelled against God, Isaiah tells us. Isaiah fourteen twelve through 15 How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation, in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the height of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Lucifer persuaded a third part of the stars of heaven to follow him. Revelation 12, 3-4 And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Those stars of heaven were among the morning stars who sang together and shouted for joy, spoken of in Job. They were cast out of heaven with Lucifer, who became known as Satan. Not only were they cut off from the presence of God forever, but they were also denied a physical body. They will never be given the privilege of having a physical body. That is why they want to possess our bodies. They will forever remain spirits, also called sons of perdition. That is the worst title anyone could possibly have. The law of the Sabbath is found in Genesis chapter 2, 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. 
And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. As we read the above, remember the preceding verse. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. The host of them refers to the morning stars who sang together, and all the sons of God who shouted for joy. However, they are spirits, proven by the fact that all of those spirits haven't come to earth yet. You and I were among those spirits, and we are just now having our earthly experience. Adam and Eve were the first to gain a body. In the Bible, genealogy outlines the lineage from Adam to the flood. It picks up with Noah and follows the priesthood line to Abraham, and from Abraham to Jesus Christ. There are seven billion people on earth today, and all those people, including us, once were among the morning stars who sang together, and the sons of God who shouted for joy. The spiritual hosts of heaven were created on the sixth day of the first creative period. Adam and Eve, however, were created on the seventh day. We live in a perpetual Sabbath. The purpose of earth life is to return to the sanctified state that was interrupted by the fall of man. Each newborn baby is a reaffirmation of the ongoing creation story. It never ended and will never end until earth becomes the paradise of God and the final home of the righteous. The law of the Sabbath is this. The role of Christ is to sanctify us and to perfect us and to bring us back into the presence of our Father in heaven. Our role is to follow the teachings of Christ. We have two primary commandments. One, love the Lord with all our heart. And two, love our neighbor as ourselves. Our primary role on earth is to serve God and to serve our neighbor. The Sabbath is a symbol of sanctification where we should do the Lord's work and not our own. That is what I call the law of the Sabbath. We need to rethink the Sabbath day. What did God rest from? He didn't rest from creating man. Everything he created was for man. It is that that I want to address in this series on keeping the Sabbath day holy. Examine the wording in Genesis chapter 2 verse 2. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. How can God end his work on the seventh day and rest on the seventh day at the same time? The key to the answer is in understanding the Sabbath day. This entire series on the Sabbath is an attempt to answer that question. God never sleeps, so the key words are work and rest. Rather than lie down in a lawn chair, God changed his focus. The key is in examining what Christ did on the Sabbath day. He focused on service to mankind, even at the risk of his life. He healed on the Sabbath day. He performed many miracles on the Sabbath day. It is Christ who said the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. What does that mean? Since the entire series will be dedicated to the meaning of the Sabbath day, let me make some assumptions here. First, the spiritual creation is described in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Second, the temporal creation is described in Genesis 2, 4 through 25. But it would be nice if it were that simple, but it isn't. Remember, though I must use verses to reference my scriptures, I am not using verses to define meaning. I am using parallel structure. 
The Hebrews did not use chapters and verses and headings and so on. They used different forms of parallelism to determine structure, as I hope to prove. In the economy of the Bible, Moses did not repeat that which was strongly implied. The Hebrews would have understood that. It's my opinion, with only circumstantial evidence to support it, that in ancient times, serious students of the Scriptures memorized the Bible. It is far easier to memorize Scripture when dividing it into parallel elements than when using chapters and verses. Parallelism projects the next verse. Parallelism is also a means of determining if the translation is accurate or not. Where the parallelism is seriously broken, it might suggest a weak translation. Both periods of creation follow the same pattern. For example, we may assume that the temporal creation followed the same pattern as the spiritual creation, which would suggest the Sabbath day was observed first after the spiritual creation. The temporal creation followed the spiritual creation. Therefore, it is helpful to read Genesis chapter 1 first as it relates to the spiritual creation and second as it relates to the temporal creation. One verse may serve both creative periods. Only in chapter 1 are the days of creation defined and they can serve both periods equally well. The uniqueness of chapter 2 is it begins with the physical creation of Adam and Eve on the Sabbath day and from there describes the role of Satan and the fall of man. From that point on, the Holy Bible deals with the relationship of God to man in the mortal state. My favorite line is Genesis 2-3. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. In addition to giving birth to our immortal spirits, it is my opinion that on the first stages of creation, God gave directions to his son to organize the laws of creation in preparation for earth. Since the creation is on such a cosmic scale, it is not unlikely that many earths, just like ours, were created in the same way. It is improbable that earth is the only planet that contains human life. It makes no sense. Just looking through the Hubble telescope validates such an opinion. However, the only history that concerns us is our earth, our home. Therefore, that is the only history we have. Each period of creation has its own complete set of laws, and all laws operate under one whole. When God rested from his labors, it is my opinion that all of the laws of creation were now in effect, and God no longer needed to focus on creation, but could now focus on what was most important to him, his children. That is why man was created on the Sabbath day. God's work on the Sabbath day does not end until the world ends. That explains Revelation 21 and 22, why the new Jerusalem is on this earth and why Christ will live with us on this planet when it becomes what John refers to as a new heaven and a new earth. Revelation 21, 1 through 3, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. Without the independence of laws, we would have no freedom or agency, and God could not remain invisible. 
His invisibility is necessary for us to develop one of the greatest virtues we can have, faith in God. Everything depends upon law. There are temporal laws and there are spiritual laws. Laws are absolute. Sin is the violation of spiritual laws. Without spiritual laws, there would be no sin. Without temporal laws, there would be no creation. Things were first created spiritually and then created temporally. That is the law of creation. I will be devoting an entire podcast on sanctification in this series with focus on the word sanctified, which I think is the key to understanding the Sabbath day, as well as understanding the mission of Christ. Anyone who enters the presence of God must first be sanctified. No unclean thing can enter the presence of God. That is an indicator of the power of the atonement, because none of us are perfect save Christ. We learn from Genesis 2 verse 1 that on the sixth day of the spiritual creation, God finished creating all the spirits that would come to live on earth. It is referred to as all the host of them. In other words, God finished creating man, meaning male and female, in his image. We all had spirit bodies, but did not have physical bodies. That did not begin until the seventh day of creation and has been continuing ever since and will continue until every spirit has a chance to come to earth and gain a physical body. God rested from physical creation, but God has never rested from trying to sanctify us and to prepare us to return to live with him. That is his work, to bring about our resurrection and our eternal life that we may live eternally with him if we choose. Because of the law of agency, he cannot make us do anything against our will. We're enticed both by Satan and by God. That gives us agency, and we choose whom we follow. It is clear through the language of the Bible that Christ acted under the direction of the Father in creating the heavens and the earth and mankind. Christ is the center of everything, and for salvation we must look to Christ. It was Christ who created the physical body of Adam and breathed into him the breath of life. In other words, Christ placed his immortal spirit in his physical body, and he became a living soul. Without the spirit, the body can have no life. Every living thing has a spirit. That too is a law of creation. God is our Father, and we pray to our Father, as Jesus taught in what has become known as the Lord's Prayer. However, the Lord God, or Jesus Christ, is our Creator, our Center. He formed us from the dust of the earth. He is our Savior, our Redeemer, and our Advocate with the Father. The Father placed all judgment in the hands of his only begotten Son. The purpose of the Sabbath day for Christ was to put his focus on man. The purpose of the Sabbath day for man is to put our focus on Christ, thus helping us to keep the two great commandments. Please join us next week as Linda and I continue this series on the Sabbath day. Next week, our focus will be the Sabbath day and the Ten Commandments. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.